You're listening to The Real King with Joe and Heidi King. Father God, we just come before you right now and we just command any spirit that's not the Holy Spirit to leave right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your opportunities. We thank you for your forgiveness. And we thank you that you're going to be able to have the Holy Spirit work through us so that we are able to help people that are in need. And it's not about us. It's about you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You paused so long that I opened my eyes halfway through the pause. She was was giving the demons a chance to run. Yeah. Get out. You leave that in the episode. I'm going to. be like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did it cut out they're, did it, they're like, did look, it cut out they're looking in their rear view mirror like, <laughs> it's a husband and wife they it, were in there, a fight until that happened is there spirits besides the holy spirit in my wouldn't that be funny in my car have you guys ever had that where you're like in a fight and then something happens and you're like <laughs> i don't think so i don't, so. Yes, anyway. oh, I don't, yeah. I don't even want to fight anyway okay mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry i love you Right. <laughs> we were on yes. our way home from church one night arguing and I seen a demon on the side of the road. Oh yeah, you did. Gross. Like we've seen things. Yeah. Do you know what the nice part about I mean not nice, but like kind of nice is that the second something like that happens, he's like pray. And I'm like, "Okay." Mm-hmm. Like it's not like a I'm not going to pray. Don't want to well, like, pray. What, what you is that? Pray. Yeah. What yeah. is that there for and why did God allow me to see it? Yeah. Um, he's literally like, this thing is laying in wait, setting a trap. So like the Bible says that God will reveal the snare of the fowler. Mm-hmm. So God will reveal the trap. And sometimes if we're being so loud and obnoxious in our emotions and our, our entitlements mm-hmm. that he'll open our spiritual eyes and we'll see something and then mm-hmm. we got to discern it. Wow. You guys got way more serious than I thought you would. <laughs> Wait. On that one, because <laughs> like when Carlos and I were like, it was, it was pretty close to the beginning of our marriage. We were in a big fight, and like he he, <laughs> he took his finger and was like laying down the law, and like slammed his finger down, like and this, and like jammed it into the table and dislocated the tip of his pointer finger. That. I remember that dislocated story. the tip of his finger and I looked <laughs> I looked at him I go are you kidding me you just dislocated your finger and he was like yup <laughs> and I was like well great now we're gonna have to go to the hospital and he was like yup oh my goodness and then the fight the fight was done right then right then it was mm. but <laughs> he said one of the most painful things he's been through is having to reset the tip of his finger yeah yeah it's a weird a lot of nerve endings there yeah we were actually just in a little argument and all of a sudden not not like a few minutes ago (laughs) last night (laughs) right before this podcast last night (laughs) literally last night we were were in like a little bit of a A tough back and forth Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden the phone rings and somebody got bit by a dog and was like hey pray and yeah. like that had to end, and I'm like, see, every time we get off like this, <laughs> yeah. it allows the the enemy to attack those around us, and we have to be better, you yeah. know. And I'm like, shut up, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, gonna, you just prayed. I did. He's gonna probably attack you and the people around you anyway because you're called to a greater purpose. 
Yeah. And you're a threat to him. But we you should know, be more aware. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a perfect segue because I was yesterday at when I woke up yesterday morning, uh, we talked a few episodes about heaviness. Yeah. But it was a good heaviness where it was like the spirit of the Lord and it was just you sitting in there and just his presence. Yes. Yeah. Basking. yeah and discerning it. Yes. Like this is this is not my emotions. Yeah. This is something else. Well, not like emotions aside though, yesterday I woke up and I felt heaviness in the air. Like I don't know how to explain it. But I felt like I felt like there was like spiritual warfare occurring. Mm-hmm. Like it was just a heaviness. I felt heaviness too. You and I talked about this since like Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. But because of that feeling, mm-hmm. it it hit me in a very reverential way where I I just felt like there was like a major like you're you were serious. Hum- like a humbling before the Lord that needed mm-hmm. to take place. And like I just felt like I didn't like necessarily feel something was coming. There wasn't a feeling like that, but there was just a feeling like you just need to like stay very close to me and just pray and just be in my presence because there was just some kind of weird heaviness in the air. And so it made me more, you know, quiet. And I was just kind of just really spending time with God yesterday. But crazy spiritual things ended up happening yesterday as well. And so Mm -hmm. it was those moments where, when you get up in the morning and you have that feeling, how do you decipher between it just being an emotion and just and actually being something that the Lord wants you to kind of go and intercede for? Did you have peace, though, when you, you said, okay, I'm going to get quiet and I'm going to lean in? Yeah, like I read scripture and yeah. I sang. and I think that's a good indicator, right? Like if you feel peace and a release to a certain degree, like, okay. So when, when things happen where our discernment starts to pick up on the unseen realm, Mm -hmm. you know, the spirit, spirit realm, we all have that, you know, every, every religion, every new age, they all believe in it, whether it be Mm -hmm. ESP or whatever. But with us, with the Holy spirit, we're supposed to actually take heed and tune in and start looking for God in the situation mm-hmm. because he's either bringing grace so that we don't end up in a situation or he's equipping us, you know, through um, our call to prayer or intercession for whatever is mm-hmm. about to take place. When um, Andy passed, our brother, one of the things that I had as a big takeaway from going through that experience was when we went and we went through his apartment and we got things, his affairs in order, um, I got to read the scriptures he was reading and stuff like that. And then the conversations I had before him all really um, started to come together. And then with talking with dad or pastor, you know, our our dad is our pastor. We we got to discuss some of the things that we were seeing and it just it looked like he knew that his time was short. Mm-hmm. Um 
and then at the service, um, obviously two friends of the family spoke. They put out a, a, an amazing call to salvation. There was so many people showed up to that service to honor him. And they put out this intense call to salvation. Like, if you don't know Jesus, today's your day. Yeah. Because we're not promised our next breath. But multiple people went to pastor and said, because um, he, he actually got up and spoke, even though he was supposed to, um, he, he had gotten up and, and said that um, he felt that he knew. Mm-hmm. He knew things were were happening and he was getting his affairs in order and his life in order. And then people kept coming to him. So there were so many people that came to pastor privately after the service and at the luncheon. Or no, that was a, it was after the the it was after the visitation. Because pa- dad was telling people about like, you know, they were like, "Oh, this is so unexpected." And he he was like Actually, there was a lot of things he did now that we can see that he knew something was going on and something was about to happen. And people kept asking him, well, do you think I'll know before I die? Do you think I'll know? So people were asking him, do you think I'll know? Like, do you think God will let me know? So when when Pastor got up and spoke, he he actually did it out of urgency because he said, so many people have approached me and asked me if if I'll have a sign or I'll know if I'm getting close to the end of my life. And he said, the Bible says that God speaks in a still, small voice. Mm-hmm. And he said, I believe he'll speak to you. I believe that he'll, he'll put a call on you or an, an uh, urgency or something. But if you're living louder than the still, small voice, you won't hear it. Mm-hmm. You know, so when we wake up or we we end up in a situation where we feel the heaviness of God's spirit, our first response should to be should be to engage Him, mm-hmm. engage Jesus, so that we we have that closeness, and then we shut everything else out because the Bible says that He's our our strong tower, mm-hmm. He's our refuge and our strength. So we mm-hmm. have to come into Him. To be protected. Yeah. So when we have those feelings. But so being protected by him doesn't mean, though, that you're constantly sheltered. Right. No. Yeah. Look at how David was protected from the lion and the bear. Right. God mm-hmm. gave him the tenacity to go and grab him by the, the mane or the beard mm-hmm. and and destroy the animal. Mm-hmm. So we... Mm-hmm. But but the thing that happens is we come into communion with God, mm-hmm. and then He He reveals the the trap or the snare or, you know, He's already sent spies into the land, right? Because He knows what our promised land looks like. Mm-hmm. So He's already sent spies into the land. Now this is our chance to to listen and then be obedient. Do the spies come back and say, "Well, there's giants in the land. What do I do?" Mm-hmm. Like that's when we have that opportunity to um, step into our own and be like, my God will deliver me from those giants. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going in, I'm going to eat of the fruit of that land. I'm going to put a stake in the ground and that's going to become mine. That's my right. inheritance. Mm-hmm. That's good. There also has been like these things where sometimes when you start to advance spiritually, 
if you don't like stay in that presence and prepare for it, you have this moment where you're like, I I might be in too deep here. I might be too big for my britches. <laughs> like this, because spiritual stuff is very real, right? And so I always want to make sure that like I am in complete right standing and I have clean hands and a pure heart. And like that's my constant cry because I'll have these moments where if I do have like an off day or I get tripped up, mm-hmm. there's honestly been thoughts where I'm like all the hordes of hell are like probably watching me right now and waiting for me to stumble. Yeah. And you can't, I think, well, I think that's where it's important to remember. Like it's not me, it's Christ in me. Yeah. Right. And greater is he that's in me than anything else that's in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's one of those things where when you're carrying out his purpose, you're underneath his divine protection. Yeah. And you can't you can't partner with fear um, and have thoughts like that. And we, we bring every thought and imagination captive so that there's, and, there's so much to unpack there because we have to have community. That's like number one. Because people that are deceived don't trust anybody more than themselves to get themselves out of deception. They can't believe that you would have... Um, you would have their best interest at hand more than they would. So they're deceived and they believe the lie. They believe the situation, the circumstance, and then they stay there and it becomes a prison for them. But when we have community and we have people that, that we trust with our salvation, we trust with our, with our spiritual walk and knowledge and they can speak into me. Hey, Joe, you look like you're having a bad day and you seem like you're a little off. Let's pray about this. Oh, I don't need that. That's crazy. I can't believe you'd talk to me like that. That, That's deception right there. David faced Goliath. He was successful. He got older and more mature and had more spiritual experience. He had lost the strength of his youth. Mm-hmm. And David, Goliath's brother showed up with the Philistines again. And he was a giant as well. And David didn't have his youth, and he had to utilize his mighty men. God gave him mighty men. Mm-hmm. And they went out and they defeated the giant that brought the same fear, looked the same, smelled the same, walked the same, talked the same, was a spitting image. And they defeated that. Like, we need to build community mm-hmm. in Christ that we trust mm-hmm. so that we don't go internal. I know so many people that have left churches because they went internal and they never learned healthy ways to resolve conflict by, by actually assessing the situation and then having healthy confrontation spiritually. The church is lacking in healthy confrontation. And resiliency. Mm -hmm. So if you have like, if you're a believer and you have a bad day as a a believer, do you just throw that away? Or do you go to bed and you get up the next day and you're still following Jesus? Because there's literally people, I said literally, but there's people that they'll, they'll come into a church setting and they'll have a touch by Jesus and they'll feel different right? And then they'll leave there and then it won't be all sunshine and rainbows. And they're like, wait a minute, this isn't 
this isn't what I just experienced earlier. And then they'll go back to church. The ne- they'll sin <laughs> all week long. They'll go back to church the next Sunday. And then they'll be like, well, he's here again. Well, that's because we trade off God's reality in his presence for our own. Yeah. And for, for the natural. Yeah. But at the same time, though, the whole reason that discipleship is so important is because it gets you firmly f- planted. Every time I've met somebody that uh, had very, very strong fruit harvest, like, mm-hmm. or, or very, like, you'll know them by their fruit. You yeah, know? they were fruitful. So every time I've met somebody that really had good fruit mm-hmm. and I've like pressed in, tried to become friends, when, when you get into that inner circle, it never looks like what you think. Like right. you get in there and the way that they respond to those types of conflicts or those types of things, a lot of times is very disciplined. Like they so, immediately go into fasting or mm-hmm, prayer mm-hmm. or they have like three people that they connect with that they trust that they immediately basically dump their situation to them so that they can discern and then they wait to hear like if God gives them a word through them. So you said a few things that I want to touch on. One is if somebody approaches somebody and they try to like address that there's clearly like an attitude or presence of mind that is off and they respond negatively nine times out of 10, when somebody approaches you and they're like, you're quiet today. And that person responds defensively. Like, why are you saying that to me or something like that? It's coming out of a place of hurt. They've been hurt by someone at some point. And so they react according to that hurt. We've even seen that where you have people functioning as part of a group, right? And groups, if anybody's been through any sort of group psychology and like you've studied that at all, a group can norm and it can storm. So when you're norm norming, everybody's working, it's cohesive and everything's good. But any normal community or group of people has storming, which means things get a little uncomfortable, right? Somebody else is transitioning into the lead Mm -hmm. and there's maybe a little bit of not conflict but tension Mm -hmm. right yeah and you experience that sometimes i've experienced where you're you have people volunteering you you say hey can you move that thing over there and they're like why are you talking to me that way you know and they start to get defensive that's because they were hurt it's not necessarily because Sometimes your delivery is off, but a lot of times they're coming from a place of hurt. And so if you address that with the compassion that it needs Mm -hmm. and gentleness that it needs, it can bounce back. So I just wanted to talk quickly on that, where if people, I would say truly nine times out of 10, if they react to you that way, like, like you just poked a wound, it's because some, on some level you did unintentionally but you did. So how do we, how do we address that and move forward? Then it's at that point, it's the responsibility of the one who got poked, right. Mm -hmm. To come clean and say, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm just feeling this way because of this, that, or the other thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And then as at that point, you have the opportunity to say, will you pray with me? Yeah. Right. So like, we have the responsibility as part of a community or a church body or a group of believers to say, 
I'm extending my hand out to say, I can tell there's a difference in you, a notable difference. And then it's the other person's responsibility to say, acknowledge it and be truthful and say there is, but it's not something I'm ready to talk about or it's not something I want. I need prayer for. I'm just feeling close to the Lord today, whatever, or express that you need prayer, mm-hmm. right? John sixteen thirty three. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Mm-hmm. So when you were talking about, like, I want to have clean hands and pure heart, when you're working in ministry and you're trying to do outreach to people, even if you're not necessarily in ministry, but you're just on a daily basis trying to minister to people around you, mm-hmm. We're called to righteousness and to be sanctified, but God called you knowing that you're imperfect. Mm -hmm. And our human nature is going to try to seek out perfection. Yeah. Especially for those that naturally have those tendencies. Which you do. I do. You naturally are a perfectionist in a lot of ways. There has been certain pressure on me at certain points of my walk with Jesus where I am, I've convinced myself that I have to do this spot on and be a great example, which is not a lie, right? Mm -hmm. Which is true. But if I fall, they fall. Yeah. And that, honestly, now that you say that out loud, it's kind of selfish to even think like that because it's like, really, (laughs) who are you? (laughs) Like, it's about Jesus. It's not about you. Back to that whole main character thing and you're not the main character. Yeah. Like the the people that we talk to, like we can help, like our path should always be toward Jesus. Like it should never be, you always have to come to me or you always have to come to Joe or you always have to come to Christina. I'm not the link to him. Like it should just be a direct Direct, communication. Mm -hmm. So that whole lie that people believe where if, I, I don't know, do you believe that's a lie? Where if certain people that are in ministry, if they fall, a whole bunch will fall underneath them? Sometimes if, if they're not... If they've not been discipled well. That's it. Right there. There you go. The, yeah. the the thing that I see is, especially in my generation, um, there was there was a lot of things that happened um, from like the Jesus movement on um, with prophecy and stuff like that, where people got hurt because people mismanaged gifts and callings. Mm-hmm. So it put... Um, it shifted discernment into skepticism. Yeah. Uh, people were misusing gifts. And then all of a sudden there's, there's this new age like self care movement mm-hmm. that's crept in. So now people, they want to be heard and not necessarily because, because there's no healthy way to resolve conflict in the church or sometimes they don't even have an ability to get before a pastor or a leader. Mm-hmm. So they'll, they'll, talk at anybody who will listen mm. so there's this weird like self-care movement of i need to be heard i'm entitled to feel this way um i was hurt and it's it's all stems from a place of self um when we truly get to know who jesus is and we look at how he carried and conducted himself the only time he went into a, a posture that would that would show any type of anger or, or intent that wasn't 
peace, love, joy, whatever, mm-hmm. was when somebody innocent was affected, you yeah. know. And then his anger was real quick, flared up, went right back out. Yeah. And then he was right back to loving, but his was always done out of love too, yeah. because he he even wanted to see the ones, like all the all the people that were ready to stone the woman. Um, when he drew the the line in the sand and he started mm-hmm. to write. He he didn't condemn them openly. He didn't. No, he asked a rhetorical question. Yeah, really. he he without sin cast the first stone, yeah. and he probably made eye contact with every one of them. Uninterrupted eye contact <laughs> with nothing but love in yeah. his eyes. Yeah, and it was probably mm-hmm. that love was so powerful that they had to turn internal, and they had to look at themselves and what they were doing. And they had to acknowledge that they were wrong. Mm-hmm. And at that point, they got to walk away with thoughts of their own salvation. Yeah. Right? So Tail between the legs. How yeah, do we get know? to that point? With just one look. How do we get to that point where we, where we, we know Christ so well that when we're ready to cast a stone, he draws a line in our heart. And he says, okay, you're without sin, then go ahead and cast that stone. And then all of a sudden we go into a a deep state of repentance Mm -hmm. for our actions. And then we allow him to speak into our situation. And then all parties involved end up in reconciliation. Right. I'm going to say something that's a hot take, okay? We have got to be less self-obsessed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We are self-obsessed. It's all about how we feel and how we look and how people are treating us and how we turn out. And it's all about me, all about me all the time. But here's the thing. You are going to be poised for growth and poised for success if you stop looking in the mirror mm-hmm. and start looking to Jesus yeah. and stop leading people to yourself and keep leading people to him we're we're just so get yourself out of the way get out of the way let him work through you and then that's when you're a giant slayer that's when you wake up in the morning with a pep in your step and you're like bring it bring it today i i've got game i i am called and i am called according to his purpose and he loves me and he's got my back let's do this the fuel to that game should be souls yeah. When I look at people preaching hard about revival, awakening, and all this stuff, and they're like, this church needs to wake up. And I look around at all the sleepy Christians, and I'm like, what are they waking up to? Just another fire to start with them so that they feel saved again? Mm-hmm. God's saying he wants revival, but at the forefront of that revival, he wants the unchurched. Yeah. They have to have that awakening to their spirit man so that they can be saved. This is Colossians 1, 5, and 6. Because of the hope of experiencing what is laid up, reserved, and waiting for you in heaven, of this hope you heard in the past in the message of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you. Indeed, in the whole world, that gospel is bearing fruit and still is growing by its own inherent power. Mm-hmm. If I'm not a part of that gospel, it's still going to grow because yep. it has its own inherent power. Yeah, God will rise up somebody else. And if mm-hmm. I'm so 
lost in a puddle of my own tears about where I'm not at in life, mm-hmm. I will miss the boat. Yeah. And right now, if I'm if I'm in that situation, missing the boat is is not a good situation because I don't I don't know if I'm in that kind of a mindset if I'll be able to walk on water. You know what I mean? To get to where I need to be. Like being real, by the way, this is a little heavy. That's all right, though. Like, it's a little heavy. Heavy is good. So, like, here's the thing. I don't know. Maybe maybe you're there. <laughs> she has no idea what's about to come no, out of my I mouth. Don't. And it's, I want, I'm relishing it a little bit. I don't know that I could hang with, with the 12. Right? Yeah. I mean, could you? I think so. Joe, I mean, Joe I want could Joe totally. could. Joe could. No, totally. I, I think I think we all could because you'd get out of the boat. When, Here's the thing, I I am such a control freak sometimes, mm-hmm. and I want to know exactly how things are going to end up, and I want to do it my way. Sometimes I think, and like this is me being transparent. Like I'm working through some things, man. I don't know that I could just get out of the boat. I like th- I kind of see it from, like I kind of see why he hesitated. You know I, I, I mean? think that that you could, in a sense of, you would discern the authority in his voice. Yeah. So when when we hit that point where he's like, it's time to get out of the boat, we do. So here's the thing. Just and I said this before. He's every day. He says, "Peace be still." Every day he's saying it mm-hmm. in different ways. Every day he's saying, "Get out of the boat." Yeah. Every single day. And how many times are we like? But God, the waves. It's the are you the little... seeing the waves? Because there's waves and yeah. there's waves every day, and they're slapping the side of the boat, and we're being tossed to and fro. And you're telling me to get out of this thing? I barely, yeah. I could barely get in the boat. Yeah, there's a <laughs> there's a riptide today. Yeah, what? Oh, every every <laughs> every Cut. little every little opportunity for obedience, though leads to that natural progression of being spiritually mature enough to do those things, right? If I look at how um, the disciples interacted with each other, um, obviously it was well known amongst them that there was three that were partial, like he favored them. They were the ones who got to go to the Mount of Transfiguration. They were the ones that got to go into the room when he raised the dead girl. Did he favor them? Or were they the most ready and willing and able? Right. Or the ones but, that clung to him the most. Right. Like, I'm never letting go of, like, the annoying little brother. Yeah. Let Two me of them, sandals. their mother, you know, petitioned him beforehand, said, can they sit at your your sides, you yeah. know? We, we actually would probably fit in well, as most people would, with that group. Because yeah, me and Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> the doubter. <laughs> you know, he did great things. It's, he un- wasn't, it's unfortunate that he's only known for that. He wasn't a doubter. He was just skeptical. Okay. <laughs> and aren't we all little? And thank God he was because yeah. a lot of us cling to those stories. I feel like he had feel. like, I feel like he had a lot he did though. And then he had one hiccup that he's now known for. Yeah. <laughs> like that, I mean, that has to be like, really like, come on. Right. I did so many things yeah. and I do this one <laughs> you thing. You guys, it's not funny anymore. <laughs> and you won't let it go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we could hang. 
you could <laughs> you could i'm you know what this shows me is that it's inspired a deep thought in joe and a yeah. self-reflection and it's it's important to do that and everybody should could you hang with the disciples i don't know that i could well, could you hang with mary and martha even, i don't know even when my the problem would be is not being con- competitive i was gonna say even the disciples started to get in arguments on who yeah, is they the were best very competitive who, like who, he likes who he me the best. The most. He, you know, he, he. I did this. I walked on water. Top that. Oh, good Top for that, you. John. You know, yeah. they, they actually had <laughs> yeah. that discussion. Okay, so it's Luke twenty two, twenty four. So when we were just talking about the disciples and them arguing amongst themselves on who Jesus loved most. So now there was also a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. And he said to them, the king of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. But not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table, or he who serves? It is not he who sits at the table, yet I am among you as the one who serves." But you are those who have continued with me in my trials, and I bestowed upon you a kingdom just as my father bestowed upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So that interaction between them was taking place where who is the greatest among us because we've all done amazing things. And all of that, that it goes back to self. Yes. Like... I walked on water or I did this or I did that. And me, me, me. He must mm-hmm. be loving me the most type of thing. And he corrects all of them. And he said, it's the one who serves. Who are you serving? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to serve people. Right. Do you know what is so humbling? Each other. This is what's humbling. Is that <laughs> we in our first world problems. Oh, yeah, for sure. We are like, but God... I, I prayed and I asked you specifically mm-hmm. for that thing. And then I had to sit and watch someone else get it. Yeah. Yeah. But we, and he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and we look at what they're doing and they're like going around casting out demons and bringing people to Christ and they're walking everywhere. And th- just everything that they went through through the the end yeah. of the bible like oh my goodness and that whole, we've that learned whole, it makes me feel foolish that whole argument Doesn't though it? occurred so timelines have been like connecting with me this week mm-hmm. again i always say this week it's only monday but that argument between them occurred right after the last supper took place or maybe there right before <laughs> <laughs> because they just were eating it and then that happened. We were just talking about the Last Supper. Was it Sunday? Yes. And you were like reading, reading about it. And I'm I told Heidi, can you imagine? You're at a dinner party. Yeah. And Jesus is like, All right, so this is my blood. And it's like, whoa, Jesus. That's a little dark, huh? We well, were gonna he, play spoons. He told me. And to we go were get having ready. a good time. And all of a sudden, now you're getting a little weird. Yeah. Also, right before that Last Supper is where the whole Martha and Mary thing occurred. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Joe like, know, Joe knows everything. Like, he comes into Jerusalem, okay, Palm Sunday, 
he the Martha and Mary thing in the house and the that was a big week. The washing of the feet and Martha getting that was a big week. Yeah, like that. They got sent to that go all find occurred the right they, before they the had Last to go Supper. Prepare the re- the the Passover for the Last Supper. They they like they had a busy week. Wait, so is that was when the Last Supper a seder? Yeah. It happened Stop. during the Passover feast. Also, that right before all this I'm occurred. I'm so dumb sometimes, you guys. <laughs> right before. I've only grown up in church. Right before this occurred. Is that not all, correct me if I'm wrong, but is that not also when he called Lazarus out of the tomb? Yeah, it was like that same time. Yeah. Stop. You guys, big week for like Jesus. Like that was all occurring at you this remember, time. All of his ministry happened in three years. Yeah, that's wild. It It is. Like, I don't know why I timeline. It's so crazy. And like some of us are how many years in and still working out your salvation? Yeah. Well, and you, you'll and continue like, to totally do that. totally cool. I have loaves and fishes and like all this stuff and You'll always do that right up to the, the right. day you actually obtain your actual salvation. Yeah. The point is, like, again, we're just we're just so focused on how we feel. So a little game changer for mm-hmm. us. Um, years ago, I heard this message by Chris Vallon. Valentin. And he literally... <laughs> I'm just kidding. We go back and forth. We say his name... Uh, Chris, if you're listening, yeah. If you ever listen to this, <laughs> if you could, uh, tweet I know your personality us, is very strong. Let so us just know how to take say it easy name. on us. If yeah. you ever give us an honorable mention, yeah. Um, Love you, by the way. <laughs> one thing. So he 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 was talking about how um, we pray for things and we ask for things, and then God gives us examples. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, um, a very wealthy person comes into our community. Or yeah. our, our group at church. Mm-hmm. And immediately when we get to know them a little bit and see what they have, we get jealous. We get angry. Yeah. We've and instead about he's this. like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm giving you an example. And not only am I giving you an example, I'm giving <laughs> somebody that you can talk to and ask questions and inquire, how did you get here? Mm-hmm. Right? We've noticed recently even more so I'm praying about very specific things with our land mm-hmm. and with what we want. And we go to this this um, seminar slash church service. It turned into like a little revival outbreak. And we're sitting there and I'm listening to this guy who actually like conducts himself like somebody I was very close to. That mm-hmm. was a good friend of mine that wanted to build a boat. So <laughs> Shut up. you know who you are if you're listening. You know. Yeah. So they, they have similar personalities, very strong personalities. And I'm listening to this guy and he starts giving this testimony about how he lost everything and he was over $500,000, uh, not just in debt, but with liens to the IRS. He owed oh. the IRS 500000 right? That's so That cool. escalates the debt just by having it be owned by the IRS. So yeah. all of a sudden he starts, he's, he gets on fire for God. He starts doing what God's telling him. Um, at one point, God tells him to start supporting an orphanage. He's like, God, I can't afford to do that. But then he realizes I have to do it because God's telling me. And it worked out. Like he, he ends up doing this stuff. And all of a sudden God says, go buy this land. And he's like, that's impossible. Like you can't, you can't get a loan for this 41 acres 
you can't get a loan for this when you're in judgment. Like, it just doesn't work that way. He ends up buying the land. The day that he's, like, the week he's supposed to take possession of the land, Mm -hmm. he got accepted into a program that he felt led to try and apply for that, like, one out of a thousand gets into, or, or maybe even less. He somehow, God moves things in his life to where he gets accepted to this program. All his liens and debt gets released the week he took ownership of the property, built their dream house. We're talking, this guy got saved three months before I did. I'm over here whining to God about my situation, where I want to be in life and things I need for my family. He put me in this room with somebody that has those things. And I had to listen to how they got there. Mm-hmm. And the the hardest thing about that is everything he did to get there was obedience. And it was obedience in small things that led mm-hmm. to big things. And God was like speaking to me. He said, just keep being obedient. You'll, you'll get there. Mm-hmm. If I were to get it right now without the process of learning obedience, mm-hmm. I'd squander it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'd be the... The, I would be the literal, I'm already the spiritual prodigal where I went out with a spiritual inheritance and I squandered it and ran off and acted like a fool. And then I came back and God's like, mm-hmm. you know, this is my son. Get him a, a robe for his back and a ring for his finger. He celebrated my reentry into the family, but now he is doing it physically, like in, in, the, in the natural He's like, now you're going you're gonna to be obedient and you're going to walk in your inheritance on this earth. If he were to give that to me and answer all those p- prayers prematurely, mm-hmm. I would squander it. I would, I would not have a respect. You know, I've seen people working for the state because I do a lot of state work. Mm-hmm. I've seen people given a fully remodeled house and I've seen them kick holes in the walls. I've seen them live in it for three, four, five years and never vacuum or mop a floor. I've seen them trash it because they don't have a respect for that because it was given to them. He says if you're faithful in little, he'll give you much. And people are so, they despise little. You got to come to a place where you're like, you know what, God, If as long as you show up, I'm going to show up. Yeah. I don't care what the result looks like because it's not up to you. It's not up to you. It's up to you to be obedient. Mm -hmm. It's up to you to answer the call. It's not up to you to produce the end result. It's not up to you to produce the fruit. The Holy Spirit does that. You serve a God that leaves the 99 to go after one. Yeah. So if we're faithful with one. It's funny to see how this kind of went. It definitely didn't go the way that I thought it was going to. Do you need to cough? Yeah, I didn't didn't get like the whole giants thing. You didn't get resiliency that when people face an obstacle and the devil goes... They get totally knocked down and well, you don't get back up. Explain all that because, like, you we have tried, but you were a on story your phone in your and head. You were, you we just well, jumped just get in. Going. No, we're like at like sixty minutes right now, but we've kind of gone all over the place. But all I was gonna say was, um, I was gonna say we did jump. Our goal tonight was to talk about being it sh- resilient. It should be a different night, though, because there's a lot of scriptures that talk about not being shaken, and those weren't hit on tonight. So maybe we should like maybe you should re-listen to this one and see like what kind of <coughs> theme it ended up being. 
and call it yeah. something else. Well, you have like no end game now. No, we have a lot here. And it's the goal, or I guess the message here is like, get out of the way. Get out, get out of the way. Well, get out Point. of your own. Like, Todd White always says that he, he was delivered from him. Mm-hmm. God delivered me from me. Because when we take control of our situation, mm-hmm. we will do what we think is best for us. And we won't trust others around us to do what's best for us. We won't trust God to do what's best for us. So we have to be delivered from us. Yeah. Like the way we've been doing it to this point has not, we've not won, right? There's not been, there's been victories, but not significant longevity in them because what we can do on our own only has. Well, we can't do anything in the end. We can't do anything without Christ. The triumph over death, hell, and the grave isn't ours. It's his. We accept it extended from him. And we're able to, you know, live in that through him only. And that's really the end all be all. And people have gotten, they've gotten in their own way to a point where they're, they're the main character of their story. And it's all about their wants and their needs. And they're not pointing people towards the cross. They're not pointing people towards Jesus. They're so self-obsessed. They are tossed to and fro from one day to the next. They can't make it through a week just standing in faith for one thing. And they, it's being, it's giving a foothold to the enemy to come in and just knock people down. One, over one the, and over. One of the biggest problems I had when I first started to have legs. Hold on. Hold on. Just hold on a second. I'm I'm adjusting the way I'm sitting. Okay. You're like real tense tonight, Joe. You weren't, but you got tense. And I don't know what you read on your phone or what sort of feeling you got, but But one of the first things that I experienced when I got spiritual legs was I got really critical over everything I heard or things I said in a comparative nature where I wanted to look everything up. I wanted to make sure it was biblically sound. And like if you were fact-checking people? Well, yeah, and, and it took all the joy out of everything, and it, it took my trust away. And everything about ministry, everything about serving Christ has to do with trust. I think there's you pointed. Oh, out I was yourself. gonna say. I was gonna say. I do that, but I don't do it. To, no. I don't do it to that. I do it of like. Oh, I don't know that story. Like I need to go learn that story. Yeah, right. it's a difference in the the reason why you're doing it. It's important to study and show yourself approved. When th- what but happened with me yeah. is like I'd hear something, and like the majority of it was good. But then there would be just something a little offsetting. So then I'd, I'd throw the baby out with the bath water. Oh. Like the whole thing had to go because there was some some stuff in there that just didn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't scripturally sound or whatever. And it started stealing my joy. It made it so that I couldn't enjoy sermons or... Or receive from people. Yeah. yeah. And, and God had to, he had to work with me on that because it stifled my growth it it stunted 
my growth. It kept me from getting to a place of where I had spiritual freedom. A lot of times I would hold myself back from saying something, or if I felt mm-hmm. something from God, I wouldn't follow through with it because that that gun was turned on me to where now I assumed everybody was going to do that to me. Do you know what's so funny is that a lot of the stuff we say all goes together. Does it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From one episode to the next. Because to me, I hear that and I think of the pendulum, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you immediately go to one extreme. Always. And we always we always do that in our own human nature. And it's very interesting being in the position that we're in in speaking to people in this way there's a lot of trust in God that it's going to, the message is going to go across the way you intended it and the way that he wanted it to go across. Right. So you just have Mm -hmm. to trust that. Mm -hmm. The reason I'm saying it is because when you say that, I think of the same thing I said a little bit ago, but you have to be careful in the way that you say it, because there are people that are waiting. There's a spirit behind it and they're waiting to hear something that will allow them to continue to stay in the sin that they're in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's trash. Yeah. And that's not ever what it is, but when it when it comes down to it, it's like we're all we're all imperfect. That's not that's not an excuse to sin. Right. Or be seek out things that are not holy and sanctified, right? But we need to focus on righteousness, which is a condition of your heart, which is pro- it produces fruit outwardly. Right? So if you are going around acting the same old way and engaging in sin, well, that's fruit of what's inside, right? Yeah. That's that's produced from a root, well, right? And so... Uh, can I yeah. tag on to a scripture that's literally that? Mm-hmm. Hebrews 10, 26, For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. But mm-hmm. a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation, which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? So if you're in that place... Mm-hmm. Uh, I highly advise to get out of it because scripture is, they don't, it, it's not mincing words there. Right. Well, and what happened to me was the very thing that I was holding people in contempt or accountable for ended up being the very weapon that I was held captive by. You know, it was like I was at gunpoint um, in a place of submission to the very thing that I was doing to others. And like, I thought that was a form of righteousness and it wasn't. Mm -hmm. What it was, was idolatry and uh, pharisaic, if that's a word, behavior, like a Pharisee's behavior. I say pharisaic. Do I get it from you? I don't know. Is it a real word? Let's look it up. I don't think it is. Well, you know what we mean. I know pharisaic is. (laughs) It's like a play on words. Pharisaic, yeah. But... that's what I don't want people to do either is when they when they try to grow spiritually 
to do that and have joy and love and peace and gentleness and kindness and self-control and not let it be. It's pharisaic. Oh. Pharisaic. Self-righteous or hypocritical. Yeah. Hmm. So we, we have to have the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it just becomes pharisaic. I had one thought when you were talking about um, be faithful in little and yeah. he will give you much. Um, I felt like I was doing that verse well. Do you ever have times where you feel like you're really crushing a verse? <laughs> you're like, I really got mm-hmm. this one today. Yeah, make a joyful noise <laughs> over here <laughs> all the time. Um, but what I noticed... Crack a smile, Joe. That was a that was a joke. I have a smile. What I noticed that what, that started to happen is like you you still can put contingencies on that. Mm-hmm. So I was being faithful. I, fe- I felt that I was being faithful and little. Okay. But I was also in my brain putting a time frame around it. Yeah. So I will be faithful and little for like a year. <laughs> and I wasn't actually putting like an actual time frame on it. But like once I was faithful and little for a year and like no change was made, I'm like, okay, Lord. And then I'm faithful a little for two years, and I'm like, okay, Lord, like, what's going on here? So people have tendencies to put timelines around how faithful they can be. Because it's funny, when, you, when I hear you say that, it's like, okay, if you imagine a marriage, and you're like, okay, I'm going to be faithful for a year, but you still have a wondering eye. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're like, are you actually being faithful to the task at hand yeah. if you're still looking elsewhere and you're still you have a wandering eye and you're looking at somebody else's plate what they got somebody else's wallet what they got Mm -hmm. somebody else's car somebody else's church like that it's comparison is thief of joy do you see how all this like fits together it's we gotta stop operating out of extremes we have to stop comparing ourselves to other people yeah and we gotta keep our eyes on our own work you know what i mean yeah and like and rooted. Yeah. Firmly. Because you need firmly to n- rooted. nurture what you have. Yeah. Because then he can entrust you with more. Mm-hmm. But. We don't know the plan, though, either. That's right. Yeah. So if in my brain, mm-hmm. I was like, well, I was faithful and little for two years. What if it took the third year to actually break down whatever my issue was? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we have no clue what the actual timeline is. Right. So. Well, I always think of Abraham, too. Sorry. And, like, he was probably like, okay, I mean, yeah, I can sacrifice my son, but, like, there's also, like, a rabbit right there. Do you know what I mean? Like, they were traveling for I don't know how long to go up the mountain. And the whole time, God was like, like, dude, just obey me, and I've got you. Like, he, you know, I don't know. I just think of that. Like, you don't know. But he was the example. And he showed that, like, if you just be obedient and stay on task, God is going to come through every single time because he's faithful. Yeah. We we allow ourselves to be ruled by time. Yeah. And God is... Hardcore. God is in eternity. Yeah. Hebrews 10, 35... Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. 
For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance, so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God, Mm -hmm. and thus receive and carry away and enjoy the full what is promised. For still a little while, a very little while, and the coming one will come and he will not delay. So to, to Jesus, he's been gone for a very little while. Mm-hmm. But the just shall live by faith. My righteous servant shall live by his conviction, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things, and holy fervor born of faith and conjoined with it. And if he draws back and shrinks in fear, mm. my soul has no delight or pleasure in him. We can't look at time either. You know, we when we... Should finish that. There's one verse left. When we... It's good. When we settle for being faithful in little, then all of a sudden we we stop there. We settle for the little. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm comfortable here. I've been mm-hmm. I've been faithful in little. Yeah. Now we settle and he's like, No, I want you to pursue me because that's how you get the bunch. Mm-hmm. You need to pursue me and show me that you're serious about this. That's how I can trust you with much. But our way is not that of those who draw back to eternal misery, perdition, and are utterly destroyed, but we are of those who believe, who cleave to and trust in and rely on on God through Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And by faith, persevere the soul. Oh, preserve the soul. Do you know what I also think, too, is like, there's so many analogies or, or ways to say it. Like, it's not about the battle. It's about the war. It's not, we're not running, a, we're not sprinting. It's not a short race. We're running a marathon. And like, sometimes if you're not seeing something happen, like, immediately, you should just rest in the fact that you're whatever you're doing is for the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, like it's big picture, man. And like, maybe, maybe you're, you have a piece of it, maybe not the whole picture, but like, sometimes I think we get so caught up in wanting that immediate satisfaction that we can't see beyond that and know that, even if you don't get immediate satisfaction, you're in it for the long haul. And ultimately you're going to see in the end where your contributions and your, your work have furthered the entire kingdom. Like it's not small stuff. Look Even around. if it feels small on earth, it's not small stuff. And it has a, a ripple effect, right? Like you may think like, what do I like? What am I even doing this for? I've only been able to minister to one person. Yeah, but how many people did that person minister to? And it and it goes out like you can imagine a pond and a drop like you throw a rock, right? And then you see those ripples go all the way across the water. We, I think, we despise small beginnings. We despise where we are, and we can't fathom the eternal impact that we're having. And I think to me, it's exciting to think about because if he's called you and you're obedient, it's not small stuff. Mm -hmm. It also like, so this, so 11, Hebrews 11, one. What's up Hebrews? Yeah. We're hanging out. Popular tonight, but every, 
most people know it's that. It's not verse. just the coffee shop at church. Yeah. Hebrews eleven is the Hebrews the eleven book one. About the yeah. fathers of faith. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but Hebrews eleven one, we all know it well. Mm-hmm. It says now faith is the substance of things hoped for, hoped for. Depending on which Bible you read out of, the majority of them emphasize on now faith. Like this is your right now faith. Yeah, you're enacting faith right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine said that. I skipped a word. <laughs> Whoops. Oopsies. <laughs> now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not. You gotta, you gotta He was standing up, up right yeah, in the middle of it. You can't despise a kid for standing I'm not. up. You have to like. I was watching that. I didn't even like think. Oof. It wasn't anything. Okay. I got a big target on me now, so it doesn't no, matter. No, you don't. No, you don't. Don't be a baby. Okay. But it says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith, now faith, now faith, now faith. Now, read I it. read that as like now comma faith in my brain. Now, faith, but we're now is an action. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So I was reading that scripture the other day, and... The whole C versus not C. Is it capitalized in yours? It's the beginning of a sentence, yeah. Like it's the very first. Right, but is faith also capitalized? No. No, okay. That's what I was asking. No. But it said, if something is seen, then it's already been perceived with the eyes. So if you see something, that means that you've already perceived it with your eyes, right? Mm -hmm. When you perceive something with your eyes, all of that hope of what, of something that could be has just left because you've now seen it and that now has become your reality of what that thing looks like. So when you go into faith, it's the things that are not seen. So it's the things that are visible right? If something is visible, it is able to be seen, but not necessarily seen yet. And like that was huge for me when I was doing like scripture time this week, because if we see everything with our eyes, we have nothing to hope for. We lose our imaginations. We lose absolutely everything that Christ put in us in order to be able to fulfill these huge things that we can't even comprehend with our brains. All right. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay. I have 1% on my phone. Um, we're over an hour. Yeah, we're good. Go through this one, see how it ended up going. So I was I, the thing that I kept trying to interrupt with was when she was talking about the ripple effect and where our where our focus is positioned, sometimes we also have to stop and look around because there's opportunity knocking that we don't see. Mm-hmm. Heidi had people reach out to her at work a couple years ago and really push her. Like we, there were people that were once working with her, and they said, "We have this position that would be really great for you." You should apply. You should apply. You should apply. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm happy where I'm at. And then she, I don't remember if you talked to Pastor Lynette or what, how it ended up, but immediately she, like her yes was yes. Like you need to apply for this position. So in doing that, it 
spun into this crazy thing where um, she interviewed for this other position, but she went and told her current bosses, like, just so you know. Well, then all of a sudden it turned into this other thing where they're like, well, we have been working really hard to promote you in this area. So please don't go yet. And she was like, well, I really didn't want to anyway. You know, and all of a sudden, all the all the things fell into line. And there was an opportunity knocking at her door for promotion that she never seen mm-hmm. because she was focused on other things. In that moment, God moved her into a position and then she watched most of the other people she worked with all get displaced. Like they they did like a, a re a reorg. A reorg or a restructure. Mm-hmm. And people got shifted all over the place, but she was in this really safe spot. Mm-hmm. And then she hit it off with people in that. She had a dream way before that of working with certain people. And through all of that, it put her in a, it put her in a position where that dream became a reality. Mm-hmm. So God gave her a prophetic dream that she didn't even know was prophetic. And then God used Pastor Lynette to speak into that and other circumstances to speak into that. He used people that didn't know they were speaking into that to try and push her into another job to speak into that. So sometimes we're so focused on what we think we want Mm -hmm. and what we think we see that we aren't looking at the opportunities or what God's doing around us. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, we're in in the end result of what he was really trying to do before we realize all those Tetris blocks that he put in the right place to clear the board. It's so funny too, because people are always surprised, but maybe if we had looked up and looked around, we would have seen things differently Mm -hmm. at the time, but you don't always know. And that, that example is, is really similar to what we were saying. Like, you didn't you weren't aware that stuff was going on behind no. the scenes. It was only because this other thing came up, right? Obedience, too. Like she she didn't necessarily feel that it was the way to go, but God used somebody that she respected mm-hmm. to speak into the situation and she was obedient to that. Right. And I might be she's had so many of these things happen at her work. I might be combining two testimonies there. I don't I don't even know. There's been so many. But I know there's been those situations and a couple of those those things that happen. So sometimes just looking around and just taking a, a breather mm-hmm. and being like, all right, this doesn't this doesn't feel like what I want. A lot of times we struggle like, is this from God? Yeah. Well, the only way you're gonna find out is if you try. Mm-hmm. You know, if yeah. you if you don't feel you're hearing from God uh, plainly and clearly, uh, it might be a situation where he's like, make a decision. Let me know that I can trust you. Let me know that I can trust you because I know there's enough of me in you to change the world. There's enough of me in you to change your situation. Make a decision and I'll be in it. Not me over here second guessing myself. Yeah. We all do. We all do. <laughs> Third guesses, fourth yeah. guesses, yeah. fifth guesses. Like I've, I've, God, are you sure though? Oh 
I've went made some dicey, you know. <laughs> I've went hyper spiritual sometimes. Like, is this sometimes? the right? Uh, is this the right <laughs> place for me to stop and get gas? Am I going to miss an opportunity? Yeah, you, you know? do. You have moments like that. I could be the other way, where I'm like, mm, it's not spiritual. You're just stopping to get gas. I, I, I had this, I went to get water. For real, right? Yeah. We're like opposites. It's funny because we're so similar, but we're opposites on that. I went front. to get water and hard-boiled eggs this morning at at this quick trip, and I don't even like to go to it. Pre-boiled bro- eggs. Yeah. My brother used to work there, and it was like his last job before yeah. we lost him. And the people weren't nice to him there. We just went to that same quick trip. Yeah. I went, I, I paid for my fuel and then I went in and I'm like, I'm just going to grab some water and some hard boiled eggs and some string cheese. He wonders why he burps through the whole podcast, by the way. So I go in and I get my stuff and I get to the counter and this nice young lady was like, she was on the spin, like the downward spiral. Oh yeah. I think every customer she had on a Monday morning was negative. Right, oh, and yeah. then I walk up with my cheesy mustache and my cheesy grin. Yeah. I'm like, "How are you this morning?" And Ugh. she's like, "I'm good." I'm like, You're "It's Monday," and she's like, "Oh, it sure is." And I'm like, "Yeah, but it's gonna be a good one. It's sunny out." She's like, "I hope so." So then I'm like making my purchase, and she's like, "You want a bag?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that was a great recommendation. That way it won't be floating <laughs> oh my God, around." You're such a nerd. <laughs> and like. She's bagging up my stuff, and I'm like, she's like, would you like a receipt? And I'm like, no, I just want the cash back and my goods. Mm-hmm. So she's handing it to me, and I just looked her in the eyes, and I was like, well, you have a wonderful rest of your Monday, and your week is going to be great because Jesus loves you. And she, like, smiled at me, but then she looked like, should I be smiling? <laughs> right. And I was like, have a good one. She's like, come again. And I like walked out. So sometimes it's just those moments of being present and not really caring about the outcome, not worrying about what's going to happen next in the day. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I think if we have more moments like that where we're we're literally enjoying – the actual moment and getting to see people see something they didn't expect, mm-hmm. then we're not so caught up in worrying about the the longevity of the day. Like, is this problem going to last all day? Uh, God, deliver me from this situation. He'll deliver you from, from a situation moment by moment if you put him in it. Yeah. If you're constantly doing things that put him in it. I left there. As I'm pulling out, a friend of mine messaged me, I'm worshiping this morning. You're on my heart, praying this, this, and this over you. Do you know what I think is crap? I'll cut this out. Nobody messages me that. I'll start, but will you take it serious? What makes you think I wouldn't? I don't know. Because then you know me told... and you'll think I'm being a cheese ball. No, I just told Carlos the other day. I I never hear from people in a way that isn't like, hey, by the way, do you think you could... Or what do you think? Are you? Can you help me in some way? I was like, nobody's ever just like. Do you know? I can I be honest? I pursued this guy for two years without ever getting a text back, and now he does it to me. Yeah, so that's one piece. But Joe's like on another level. But in this particular family, Mm -hmm. 
the whole can't be received in my own town thing, like this family struggles with building each other up within the family. And I think that's because we all know the other one's really gifted. But I think that's the part that's missing is like you like because as he was talking, all that was coming through my head because like this happened just this morning, right? Yep. How does that person stay on all the time? What did you say? How does that person that you were in front of cut all this out? How is that person that you stood in front of at the gas station? Why was that a different person than what we see? What do you mean? How does that person stay? Because if God gives us the grace for it, it's got to be us that's turning the switch on and off because God's not turning the switch on and off. Yeah. Got, like, I'm that guy all the time. I just am very self-condemning around my inner circle. Oh, you need to quit. But I was, I was thinking, though, and then she asked that question, if this family in particular could get better at lifting each other up as well because it's the pendulum swing we're more concerned with keeping each other humble like it's Honest like i will be see i'm not i'm i literally <clears throat> when i look at everybody in my family i see their gifts well good right, for but you but you don't... do you build like do you tell them and build them like in a morning text or something like that no do you, i don't think about do you it text one of them and say it's monday we're gonna have an awesome day like blessed it's sunny outside like jesus loves you like that kind of so that's that whole pendulum swing with that one verse where it was like you're not gonna be accepted. Yeah, that's family. where I go inward though. Like not because of anything bad. It's just I know that there's been so many times where when I'm that way, people assume they know the real me. Which God told me the, the real me is that guy. Correct. And so what I'm trying to figure out, and this is for all of us. How do we keep that person, the real you? It starts with you. Real in every area. Yeah. Like my heart cry this morning when I was in my prayer time was I need to look the same out there <coughs> as I do behind closed doors. I will not be one of those people that lives those duo lives where the where the children see something different than the than the people out on the street. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, Lord, that is where I think when your walk with Christ gets bigger and more mature that's where another branch needs to be like the whole vine and branch thing needs to be tweaked and cut off the the bible addresses that yeah all through titus and jude and everywhere right because it's it's a struggle for everyone yeah look at creflo dollar's daughter yeah look what she did to him well even the jesus revolution movie I took the huge mistake, and I shouldn't have done this because the movie was amazing. But I read a comment or I read a documentary thing on the frisbee guy, and I should not have done that. No, because sometimes you just don't need to know. You don't need to know. The no. problem is, is you do need to know in a sense of so you don't become that. But guy. what his wife, because his wife is the one that wrote it, and what his wife was saying, or ex-wife, or whatever you want to call her, was that the Chuck guy in the movie. He, like, actually promoted, like, this is ministry. Forget your family. This is... And and she said he did that to not only Lonnie, but tons of other pastors. I think that's, like, super common in that generation. Yeah, because... Well, and Jesus said, you know, he came came to bring a divide between a, a father and son, sister and brother. Yeah. And people don't understand that that's going to naturally happen spiritually if they don't 
if they don't reconcile with Christ, you're going to be divided. Can I can I tell you the honest to God truth? And you can turn off the recorder as far as I'm concerned. You talk all the time about community and having a circle and how you are able to text all these people and you have, I don't have that at all. I'm like dying on the vine every day. Yeah, but you also speak to that. Like, I don't want friends. I don't want people around. No, no, I joke. I joke around, but no, I've never been this isolated in my whole life. Well, let, and let's I hear it. No, I yeah, that's fine. Right, but, but I like, mean, like, don't joke about it anymore, though, either. Joe, you joke about stupid crap all the time, right? And part of what's happened is that all of all of my relationships that I have right now are so like. Like, Berta never talks to me unless she needs something. Brian does not talk to me unless he needs something. So many people, I could get emotional, but I have PMS and I warned Heidi about that. Um, they only talk to me if they need something or want something. And it's not like, I. It's it's gone to a point where people are not checking on me. Ever, actually. I check on you. So it's like I have people, but people don't have me. I check on you. It Like, it's few and far between, but it's like, it's very interesting sometimes to sit and listen to, like, you would describe this very, like, rich and dynamic life. And I'm sitting here thinking, I can go four full days and not get a single call or text. Yeah, me too. From anybody. Anybody at all. On earth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it happens to me too. Well, okay. You're doing, mom does that. No. Uh, Where it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's probably I, you I though. Think, I think what, it's no, not, no, I think what you're, you're hearing when I tell these stories, it's like amplifying, like it's something no, that happens every day I, and no, it's not. It's like, I don't buy into this, I'm not accepted in my own camp crap. I, I think it's a lie that you're telling yourself. And I, I don't think it's true at all. I don't think Andrew made you feel that way. I don't think I make you feel that way. And God only knows what Brian has lurking inside him. And so, and it's like a constant thing with him. I haven't said I'm not accepted in but, my own well, camp. Well, 